Hi fellow fiends, welcome to another episode of Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces. I'm your host, Cassiopeia, and I'm actually recording this at like 1.30 in the morning because I'm actually going out of state next week and I won't be home to uh, record, so I'm excited to bring you new content because where I'm going there's going to be so many places and I'm going to be so excited. And so, all the content, yay! And I get to see my sister, yay! And her husband, yay! Um, (laughs) A couple of announcements. Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces is now accepting partnerships for ad space. So if you are a small business, a big business, a local business, a faraway business, a business at all and you'd like to get your product and your name and stuff like that out there um, to people all over the world as this is a podcast that plays internationally send me an email at creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com and I will get you the information Um, ad packages start at just $10 and they kind of increase depending on how many episodes you'd like your um, ad to air in. Also, don't forget you can get your very own Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces scented candles through the Wickham Bay shop. Um, just head over to pizzaandpigtails.com, click on the Wiccan Fae link up in the top left corner, and scroll down and get you some candles. There's also some amazing other scents on there, so don't only limit yourself to creepy cases and spooky spaces, because there are just deliciously scented candles on there. Um, Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Patreon page or even through the Anchor page as you get some special spooky thank you swag. And um, without further ado, I'm going to start this week's episode. So I'm actually really excited to talk about this spooky space this week. Um because it could very well be the most haunted space in England. And um, I know a lot of places claim that they're the spookiest space or the most haunted. However, there are 12, and that's only reported spirits, that are um, active. And so I feel that this one may actually hold the title and it actually did hold the title in the Guinness Book of World Records um, in 1989 before that was actually discontinued. Um, Guinness actually doesn't uh, hold that uh, title anymore or they don't use it anymore so it's kind of hard to um, say that it's still there. Um, But it was a civil parish and village located in the Ashford district of Kent, England, and it dates back to 1086, and that's actually just the known history. That's where the first book, or not book, but first recording came from. And as we've said before, when you have a history as long as that, 
you've most likely collected a few spirits here and there. So let me tell you about the spooky space Pluckley Village. show that Plukli village was probably known as Plukinleya from the Old English Pluka's clearing. Now in 1086, the village was called Plukinle Domesday. Now the Domesday book explains that the Archbishop of Canterbury owned Plukli, but that Archbishop Lanfrain gave the village to the management of a Saxon knight John Follett. Now, while there's no church recorded in the book, there was a priest in the village at the time. And an interesting fact that I found on the town's website is that Pluckley was actually considered a larger community than Ashford, and it actually kind of made me giggle because it put into perspective a lot of things. Now, at this time, there was only 16 villagers seven small holders, and eight slaves managing 12.5 acres of land and keeping 140 pigs, and it was considered a thriving community. Now with that math, that makes only about 30 people, 31 people, and it really put it, like today, you look at it and like they're even the smallest communities that we have, have way more than 30 people. And it was just like, you just look back at the time frame and you're like, man, that's what was considered a large community. Now, during the 13th century, weaving actually became the main source of income. And it was performed in the homes and using local wool. And it actually may explain why so many of the buildings had the high ceilings in some of the older properties, because they would have needed the space for the looms. And it came to a halt when the collapse of the wool trade happened across the nation. Now, throughout the years, Pluckley gradually grew and expanded down the hill, moving closer in on the forest, until the 14th century when the Black Death decimated the population. It's believed that the survivor, survivors all moved back up the hill to be in a healthier position. And a document from 1572 states that Plukli Rectory was in a, quote, low and unhealthy place a great distance from the church. Now, in 1450, groups from Plukli joined the abortive revolt by Jack Card. Now, taking place from April to July, it was mostly about local grievances such as maladministration and abuse of power against the government, and they wanted to reform and remove the traitors, and it was actually the largest uprising in the 15th century. And now, despite his attempt to keep control, 
Kate's men actually begin to loot once they hit the city. And this kind of lost the momentum of what they were really trying to do in the first place. And citizens of London turned on them and chased them out in a bloody battle on the London Bridge. And now, Cade actually fled but was later caught. But nearly 50 pardons were given for the residents, um, which is a lot for a village. But it was basically to just, in good faith, to just get them to go home and end the bloodshed. And now Cade was actually apprehended on July 12th by Alexander Iden, and he was a future High Sheriff of Kent. But Cade was wounded and died before his trial. And the rebellion has actually been a reflection of the social, political, and economic issues of the time period. And it was actually a precursor to the War of the Roses, which saw the decline of the Lancaster dynasty and the rise of the House of York. And if there is one thing that I recommend studying up on if you're a history buff, is the War of the Roses, which was the War of the Cousins. And um, there is some great um, content, some great research and literature out there. And I definitely, definitely recommend looking into it because it is one of the most interesting and just crazy playouts um, of war and history and just the battle back and forth. smell that? The fairies must be whipping up something amazing over at the Wiccan Fae Candle Nook. The custom layered candles are a must for all candle lovers. With your choice of three scents, you can create your very own garden soiree or Sunday yummy Sunday. With names like Bitch Slap Blue, Chill the Fuck Out, and even the new Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces scent line, you are bound to find something for everyone. So right now, when you mention the code Creepy Spooky, you'll get 10% off your first order. So head on over to pizzaandpigtails.com and click the shop link up in the left-hand corner and get your very own Wiccan Fay candles today. another rebellion was responsible for bloodshed and now this time it was against the church and it was led by four men sir thomas wyatt who the rebellion is actually named for sir james croft sir peter carew and henry gray duke of suffolk and now that was actually lady gray's lady jane gray's father and we actually heard about her in the tower of london episode in season one now, this rebellion actually rose out of concern over Queen Mary's determination to marry foreigner Philip II, Prince of Spain. 
Many feared that she would restore the Pope as the head of the Church of England and reverse the more liberalized religious policies that were put in place by her father, Henry VIII. Now, the uprise was also a failure, with consequences for the rebels that ranged, ranged from forgiveness to death. And it was at this time that the parish church of St. Mary of Pevington was destroyed, and Pevington Parish was later divided between Egerton, Little Chart, and Pluckley, with Pluckley being granted the greater area. Now, there have been many tragic deaths in the village of Pluckley, and the paranormal activity is believed to flourish in the area. And it's actually has like a strong geological magnetism. And if you have studied anything about paranormal activity, it's all energy, and energy is often drawn to magnetized areas. Um, but the first recorded mentions of ghosts were in 1955 in a book by Frederick Sanders. And I'm going to go out on a limb to um, say that there were stories that were being told way before. Because there are many famous haunted hotspots around the town. And it's actually more common than not to find a location in the village that has a ghost story or two. Like the Black Horse Inn on the street. A 300-year-old cozy little pub where glasses are known to move on their own and cutlery is thrown by unseen hands. The dogs will suddenly stop and stare and bark at what seems to be empty spaces and some refuse to go near one particular room upstairs. And now animals are very sensitive to spirits and um, energy and when and they know when there's one in the area but let me tell you if they refuse to go near something you should also refuse to go near it now a story of the highwaymen who operated in the stewart area just outside of pluckley and I'm not sure if his actual name was Robert Dubois, but a lot of people say that it could be him, um, but it's not confirmed. Now, his routine was to hide behind a tree on the corner and jump out at his intended victim, giving them a fright and stunning them. And this corner is actually now fittingly known as Fright Corner. Now, he was rather successful in his scares until his run of playful terror was brought to an end when a guard, and some say it was thieves, um, because nobody's really sure, but he was killed with a spear when it was run through the oak tree where he usually hid, piercing and pinning him to the tree. Now, the tree has since disappeared, but it, along with the highwaymen, often reappear. And some say the spirit still sits on Fright Corner, jumping out at people traveling on the road, much like he did when he was alive. 
The reports of a dark-colored carriage being driven by horses has been seen charging through the village at high speeds on Maltman's Hill, and no one knows the story behind the phantom vehicle, where it comes from, or where it's going. Now, an old gypsy woman who made her living by selling watercress at the Crossroads Bridge now haunts the area. And she died when a spark from her pipe ignited the whiskey that she had been drinking, and she set herself on fire while she was asleep. Now, the Phantom of Pinnocks, who may be Richard Dickey Buss, haunts the ruined windmill near a house called the Pinnocks. The mill was closed on a 19, in 1930 and was later destroyed by a fire when stru struck by lightning during a thunderstorm. And the phantom is a completely black silhouette and is usually seen right before a storm. Now Henry Turf was the headmaster of Smarden School and he was actually really close friends with Richard Buss. And he would travel to Pluckley every Sunday to visit with him and discuss politics. Now one Sunday, the schoolmaster didn't show up, and he was later found on the land leading to the mills, his lifeless body hanging from a tree, and it's believed that he hanged himself. And Turf's ghost is often seen on the lane hanging from the tree. And a newspaper journalist actually reported seeing a ghost dressed in a green blazer and striped trousers, which was Turf's favorite outfit. Now, an unnamed man traveled to Park Wood near Pluckley, committing suicide by hanging himself. And now his ghost is seen marching through the woods in full military costume, which earned him his nickname colonel. His spirit is completely harmless and actually doesn't appear distressing, and most people who see him don't even realize he's a ghost at first. Now in the Pluckley Brickworks, a man who was smothered by drying clay wall that fell on him, and his screams are said to be heard coming from the brickwork, and his ghost is said to appear from time to time. Now, the Lady of the Rose Court is thought to have been a mistress of one of the Daring family, who was actually a very prominent family in Pluckley. But it's unconfirmed, but she may have been involved in a love triangle involving a monk. And now, in despair, she committed suicide by easy eating poisonous berries. And I will say, a lot of these stories, like a lot of the spirits, actually involve suicide. And I'm starting to wonder, like, what about Pluckley um, made it had such a high um, suicide rate at the time? Like, could the magnetic... Um, the geomagnetism, like, be causing an upset in the mental uh, health of people? Because that would be something to look into. And now the Lady of Rose Court actually haunts the house and gardens between 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock p.m., said to be calling out for her two dogs. And now a phantom monk is said to haunt a house called Greystones, formerly called Rectory Cottage. 
and he is probably the one who may have been involved with the Lady of Rose Court, and no one knows why he haunts the house. Um, could it be that he died there? Could it be that he was that he's looking for the Lady of Rose Court? And if so, does that mean that like spirits, like spirits on the realm or in between, can they not? Um, are they not able to interfere or interact with each other? Like, do they not know that they're there or? Because, I mean, I've seen where certain spirits interact with each other, and there was, um, just last season we did One If By Land, Two If By Sea, and there are a couple of spirits who interact with each other there, so I'm actually going to be looking more into that because I find it to be, um, very fascinating. Now, the woods next to Pluckley, which were mostly known as Daring Woods, are known as the Screaming Woods, because at night you can hear the screams of the numerous people who got lost and died. Now the Red Lady, Lady Daring, is said to be buried in seven lead coffins within an oak coffin and placed in the crypt in St. Nicholas's Church. And now it's said that she was buried with a red rose in her coffin, hence the name the Red Lady, and she is also said to be walking the earth searching for the grave of her stillborn child. Now the White Lady, who is also a Lady Daring, was the wife of the Baron who owned much of the area, and he was so distressed when she died that he buried her in three lead coffins and one oak coffin to keep her body from decomposing. And now some people say that the Red Lady and the White Lady's stories are reversed, um, but nobody can really confirm that. Uh, but the ghost of the White Lady has been seen in the Daring Family House Library, which is probably where I would haunt as well, would definitely be a library because then I could just sit and read for eternity until my spirit re reincarnated. But then I also wonder because I wonder if certain pieces of our spirit or certain pieces of our energy get left while we reincarnate or are there just some spirits who just can't find their way to go and rest to be reincarnated. Another thing I'm going to be looking up. Now the white and the red lady were not this are not the same person, but they were indeed related and they were either possibly sisters or mother and daughter. Now perhaps the most prolific ghost in Pluckley is at LV Farm and is the ghost of Edward Brett, a farmer at the hotel at the turn of the century. Now in 1900, he gave his wife 15 shillings and each of his children a penny, then walked into the dairy and shot himself. His death was ruled a suicide while temporarily insane. And Brett has been seen many times around the hotel halls, and one guest actually spotted him lying on a bed, and his voice has been heard whispering in the spot where he shot himself. The guests at the hotel have experienced other paranormal activity, 
including a strange smell that resembles burning hay. And the farmstead has been established since the medieval times, and the hall house was built in 1406. Not much has been changed about it since then. So with quite the history of French prisoners were kept there during the Napoleonic Wars, Lord Daring was actually hidden there before he was captured during the Civil War, and a Spitfire actually crashed into the paddock at the back of the farm during the Battle of Britain. So, it definitely goes without saying that the village of Pluckley is loaded with paranormal activity and could very well be one of the most haunted places on Earth. So with that, I bring our spooky space stories to an end. And I will see you next crime. Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces with Cassiopeia is a Pizza and Pigtails production. All episodes researched, written, and edited by yours truly. You can find new episodes every Friday with bonus episodes coming out every other Tuesday on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to follow along on Instagram and Facebook at creepycases.spookyspaces for all podcast news and updates. Don't forget to subscribe through the anchor.fm or the Patreon page for exclusive access to bonus content, early episode access, and thank you swag. And if you have a creepy case or a spooky space that you would like to hear featured on a future episode, send me an email at creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com. <laughs>